Good morning, everybody, and this is not the real intro. Um, <laughs> as per usual, uh, as has been the case lately, our episode went too long, so I had to split it into two. So Bird and I decided what, or t- sat down and talked to figure out what we could do about this, and here's what we came up with. We are going to do Lost Girls. We're going to stick with Lost Girls and keep that in the main show because that's really the meat of the conversation and that's where that new, the nuance and that really, the, the great conversation is happening. But we really enjoy doing the It Came From The Short Box segment. So we didn't, rather than curse your darkness, we're just going to split the episodes into two. We're going to always run the Lost Girls stuff as our main show and we're going to move the It Came From The Short Box section over to Patreon. Um, I don't think this is something that's going to be an all the time thing. I think it's just Lost Girls is a little too deep dive. Um, we kind of get into it and we go off on tangents and we dig deeper than probably most other um, graphic novels or right. collected volumes. In the future, when we are doing like Hellboy, I don't think we're going to have an hour and a half long conversation about the subtle nuance of right. Hellboy. So, so we will bring It Came From The Short Box back to back. the main show. But yeah. for the time being, um, we don't want to stop doing it while we're doing The Lost Girls. So for the time being, it's going to become um, basically like a sideshow, a little uh, like Patreon. <laughs> <a sideshow. laughs> we're already a sideshow. We show. are a sideshow, a couple of freaks. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you head over to patreon.com slash maxp Peterson, I'm putting up this week's um, It Came From The Short Box, in which we talk about Tales From The Crypt. Spoilers, they're not great. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to put that up for free over on Patreon, so you don't have to pledge anything to hear that portion of our conversation. But while you're there... Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. We're not heroes. It's just a podcast. We're not heroes. We're doing this for fun. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 50th episode of Chatman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. I'm actually really excited to be getting back to this book. I know you said you, too. you didn't have a bunch of notes on this one. I don't have a ton. No, I really don't. Okay, so we are we are now back to Lost Girls, written by Alan Moore and Melinda Gebby. We've been doing, for those of you who are just tuning in, go back and listen to some of the, the two episodes preceding the Wonder Woman episodes. Um, we are going through this two uh, two chapters at a time, because the book is divided into chapters. Today we are going to be doing chapters five and six so would that be episodes 46 and 47 um i'm not sure because i split two of the episodes into two so oh wait yeah so 49 was one episode professor marston Mm -hmm. 48 and 47 were the wonder woman review so it'd be 46 45 and 46 are our first two reviews of lost girls or our first two explorations of lost girls so we did two episodes on wonder Woman. wonder woman the wonder woman episode was uh, like two minutes shorter than the actual film it was like two hours and 20 something minutes yeah did we release them separately uh, I, I had to split it into two so I could release you, did them Did you just do all. a twofer? Twofer, one day. They gotcha. both dropped on the same day. All right, so let's get into Lost Girls. Uh, chapter five is titled Straight On Till Morning. Um, and we just read, uh, last week we covered chapter four. Chapter, chapter Chapters f- three and four. Three and four. But chapter four is essentially... What we get in chapter five is the other side. Yeah, of chapter they four. really were meant to be read 
back to back. We just split them in the wrong spot. We did. And if we had done if i'd realized i they should have been an extra one red, yeah and then the other thing is if we had done this episode immediately after the other one it would have been okay but we have three episodes in between so it's a bit of a bit jarring mm-hmm. um so this is the i read it very close behind the other one though yeah so did so I, well i read them I my read, thoughts are still pretty cohesive right i read it straight through but um what did you think of this issue? Because a lot of it is a retelling from the other perspective. Um, so what happens in chapter four, for those of you who are following along at home and or who don't have a comic to follow along with is we're back at the dinner. Um, was it the, the potters, the potters and, uh, yeah, she's um. What's her name? This is Wendy. Wendy. Yeah, so Wendy is now Mrs. Potter. She mm-hmm. married Mr. Um, Potter. And this chapter just really illustrated for me like what a complete asshole. His name's Harold, right? Yeah. Um, he's just such a self-obsessed, patriarchal piece of shit. I hate him so much, and I can't wait for him to like just disappear off into the periphery so i don't have to see or think about him anymore i think he's gonna play a pretty god damn it just die of a heart attack old man um i think that but i think that's the point though is he's like in a weird way he's not necessarily the well he my first smarmy he's smarmy smarmy. oh god my my first talking about like ships and like the way of the future and he's all like so macho and just like but i think that's really important here my first note is there's that old quote-unquote old girl again like one of the first notes we get is yeah come on old girl perk up hate the whole night's ahead of us it's really yeah he's really treats her um poorly not just poorly but like uh like like uh, an egg no he he treats her like a like furniture like an accoutrement rather a than dog? a human. Yeah, kind of. But for me, it's almost like he's, she's almost like, like set dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I love that you brought up the ship because he talks about, th- this is part of the chapter where they talk about the Art Nouveau thing, mm-hmm. right? And he shits all over and I was like, just one more reason to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is that he, what he, his big complaint about Art Nouveau is he, he says that it's all frills and no substance. Yeah. I think he also sort of insinuates that it's effeminate. He does. Kind of He literally. Gay. Well, he literally says it's effeminate. I want to see if I can find. Oh, he says, um, I mean, of course it's all terribly decadent wallowing in the senses like that. I should do his English voice wallowing in the senses like that. All pleasure and no purpose. Everything just decorationed and icing sugar effeminate. That's what it is. Mm, It's effeminate. He literally says it. Now battleships. The battleships shaped like a penis. Well, the reason that I bring up the battleships thing is it's important. Does this vase look like a dildo to you? Because it totally looks like a dildo to me. That looks like something you could put in your vagina and have it feel good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Or your butthole or wherever your you want to put things. If you want to suck on a vase, have that. <laughs> put a vase in your mouth and put a bird on it. <laughs> um, oh, God. But I, yeah, I feel like this is the type of guy who'd be like, that's faggy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I think that 
like the the crit, the criticisms that we both have of him are important. That's why I illustrated the it's effeminate. That's why I illustrated the all frills and no substance, mm-hmm. pleasures and frivolities. And then he contrasts it with what he thinks of as fine art, which is battleships. You know, um, he talks about <sighs> what? I just he just he really makes does, me so tired. <laughs> Like he really does great. He's ex- he's exhaustingly like stodgy. Uh, well, let's jump forward a second. Self-assured. Yes. Okay. Yes. We have things to talk about. We do. Um. Well, but really quick before we move on, right off the bat, the the fact that this is the other perspective of the night before, mm-hmm. we are through the looking glass again. And literally through the wall. <laughs> They're wall to wall. Right. So in this this ep- this issue is a... Um, do you remember we talked about in uh, the... Se- I think the second issue or the first... The, the first or second time we talked about this book, I told you about that Rorschach comic in Watchmen. Oh, where yes. The, where everything mirrors. The art yeah. all mirrors and the panel mm-hmm. layouts all mirror. This, I didn't go through... It doesn't, it doesn't mirror perfectly because the different things happen in the two different rooms Mm -hmm. but the way that we follow the story is a mirror it's two sides of a mirror we're watching one story and then now we're watching the other side of it i'm 100 percent with you okay cool. i'm I'm there well the only reason i want to draw attention to it because there's going to be a lot more mirrors in issue six as well so we keep getting reflections and mirrors and we're through the looking glass and we're on the other perspective it's the way that he's laying it out Mm -hmm. and the way that melinda gebby is deliver gebby is delivering it is truly excellent what what's going on Oh, I just had a thought about the art. In general or a particular piece Um, you want to direct people to? Well, I was looking at this panel here and I was trying to figure out how she got these colors so vivid if she's using colored pencil. Uh But I don't think she does in these panels. I think she's using gouache. Oh. Because the the colors are so um, distinct and um, they have... Even in print, they seem to have sort of like a chalkiness to them really, that gouache has. Really quick, um, some of our listeners have reached out to me and at least three people listening to the show have bought a copy of this. Get out of town! So, let's give, them a, on you. Let's give them a reference. We're okay, about- so yeah, uh, chapter five, page five. Yeah. I'm looking specifically at the lower left-hand panel there where we see the different... The, the um, first appearance of the arithmetic. Of the time. Oh yeah, but I'm not looking at the arithmetic. I'm looking at the um, bondagey couple, the BDSM couple. Right, and uh, well, I I will. We did jump ahead just a little bit further than I was. I have one more note about the actual dinner scene itself. But you're looking at the gouache. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think it's gouache and ink because there's no way you could get colors that saturated mm. with colored pencil can i this is the page that i this is the panel okay so we're on chapter five page two it's the top man uh, i just love her it's art. the second panel she's i know such a master she's really this mm-hmm. is truly excellent art but what i really wanted to look at was if you dropped dropped a line between because you we see two we see both couples Mm -hmm. in this picture we see um the the potters in the background and i've forgotten their names already but uh we've seen Uh, we see dorothy fairchild and lady fairchild and dorothy in the foreground the 
um, the women are drinking red wine and are touching themselves and their glasses. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Potter are drinking white wine. Neither of them are touching their glasses or touching themselves. They're also not making eye contact with each other. Right. So like the other couple is this this when I first saw that that image, it's really Mm -hmm. like struck me because when you see like red. Right. And with the contrast of the Art Nouveau in the background. Mm -hmm. Right. With it. Is this by the way, would you describe this as an Art Nouveau style? Yeah, it's meant to be on the walls. Okay. Yeah. So like the. The red of the flowers, you know, like the the red of the flowers, and we red is the color of lust and love. Well, these are poppies again, right? Okay, um, but what I was thinking specifically of was that color. I I see that the love, lust, danger, love, lust, passion. danger, passion, blood, you know, just mm-hmm. just something it's lively. A very visceral color right yeah but when you see white wine and when you think white wine it's that sort of like it's pale it's usually served cold you know like in a weird way not that white wine is bad or negative but when you're contrasting it with this red wine Mm -hmm. is like that when you think of like a spanish milk (laughs) i did an antonio banderas impression at work earlier so i know but when you you know like when you think of like a spanish lover and he's got a glass and there's wine in his glass what is it it's red wine. It's like Spanish red wine. Sorry, you lost me at Antonio Mendes. I went. I was like, "Hey, he's too sexy." I still want him to he's be my Spanish lover. If Adam Lau is listening. He knows exactly what I just referenced. Um, so anyway, like I, I really loved that contrast. You know, they're engaged with themselves because mm-hmm. we've seen again and again that part of the central experience of this book is taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You take care of your partner, but you have needs that that you understand. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they're engaged with themselves. They're engaged with this wine. They're making eye contact. And the potters are so utterly disconnected. The, and we were, oh, yeah. we even remember the differences in conversation. The Fairchild and Dorothy are talking about smoking opium and drinking right. absinthe, and we know that the Potters are talking about how frivolity and sensual pleasure is bullshit, and it should all be about fucking battleships and war. Right? It's dominating. It's it's impossible to me that it's not impossible because this book was this book was very frequently banned, but um, this is not like simple smut this is not erotic yeah. this it's so fucking smart um so do we want to dig into page five this is the big one you want to get yeah. to yeah i i kind of liked the converse like when uh, do you remember when dorothy undresses in chapter four and mrs fairchild oh shit my english teacher's name was mrs fairchild but lady, lady fairchild, fairchild is watching her undress mm-hmm. she watches her it's mm-hmm. a thing Potter, when when they get undressed, um, uh, Wendy is looking away and she gets undressed. But look at there's that lascivious eye again. Oh, I don't think he's looking at her. You don't think so? No. Okay. I, I think he has his back totally to her and maybe is like. Um, I thought maybe he was know. sneaking a peek because no, I don't think so. Well, my evidence to support it would be him looking at pornography again and again and again. He doesn't want to engage with the real world, but he wants that eye fall. You know what I mean? 
and we see him remember earlier we see him looking at um then he calls her old thing in the next panel like you're not gonna get any pussy calling a girl old thing (laughs) come here old thing like you old dirty rag like come on (laughs) seriously Um, he's got no class maybe that's why he never gets any well, that's why he's constant. Well, I think, yeah, yeah, you're probably right, and that's why he has to look at his uh, his smutty little Bible. Yeah, but let, yeah, let, you're right. This is really the meat of the issue. Is chapter five? Well, I kind of started here okay. in my analysis of these um, couple of pages. Okay, Do you, let's so. go to uh, chapter five, page five, and kind of look at what happens. What they're laying in bed mm-hmm. and they hear the events of chapter four happening, which is Lady Fairchild and Dorothy have themselves a little opium party, stripped down and some wow chicken wow, wow. I mean we talked about it last yeah, yeah, yeah last yeah, yeah. episode, but uh you know. three episodes ago. <laughs> you know. But yeah, so they're hearing them having sex through the wall mm-hmm. while they're sleeping. Because they're definitely asleep because they're both dreaming. Their eyes are closed and they're dreaming. I don't think that Dorothy is asleep in panels four and five. One, two, three, four, five. Um, yeah, she. I mean, her eyes might be open here. What do you think? Because that looks yeah, white I to me. Yeah, I think she's awake there, and I think so. They might actually she's awake here. They might actually just be fantasizing rather than dreaming. Um, maybe I kind of think that he's sleeping though, because he seems like kind of discombobulated when yeah. she gets out of bed. And this, yeah, they do, they, I think they're dreams. Now I wrote down, um, their dreams, his primarily come as shadows. Um, because remember, you have to remember that what, what stories each of these women come Mm -hmm. from and she comes from Peter Pan. And we talked about the importance Mm -hmm. of shadows for her character and her vignettes and her stories. And also the shadow self being like, right the the naughty self that you want to tap into or like but the you don't. honest self or yeah 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 mm. but like the it's like the mischievous expression mm-hmm. whereas the your surface self is is what it is and there's i'm going to get to on the next page there is of what i think is one of the most brilliant sh- things done in shadow that we've seen so far but uh her dream i thought was peter but then I realized later it's actually not because right uh, here in mm-hmm. panel two, that's sh- that short hair. Mm-hmm. I thought she was remembering like maybe an encounter with Peter mm-hmm. when she was younger, like Peter Pan. But it isn't because Dorothy has short hair. So she's actually just having a realistic fan- like um, dream or fantasy. She's just imagining what that would really be mm-hmm. like. Okay. Because that's that's an accurate drawing. Um, hit- and I also thought it was important that her dream the only dream of hers that we really see before his dreams dominate take over. Yeah. Is just the faces and it's romantic. Mm-hmm. So she's just kissing yeah. or they're not even actually kissing. They're, they're just, just very close, close intimacy. Mm-hmm. There's an not even kissing, but that intimacy and also facing each other and every other image on every single page. They're not the, the potters, uh, Dorothy and her, no, Wendy and her husband mm-hmm. are not Facing, facing each other totally away from each other and her the only dream of hers that we see is two faces facing each other mm-hmm. even even their shadows in issue in uh issue three or four uh, three um they're facing away from each other 
he takes her from behind. There's no intimacy mm, there. Yeah. So when she dreams, she dreams of that face-to-face contact, mm-hmm. that intimate Aww, moment. It's such a sad reading. I didn't even like think anything about all that. This, yeah, this comic really just it blows my it blows your brain apart. You can't help but oh, it's so great. I love this. So anyway, his I wrote down his um, his dreams are violent and aggressive, stern disciplinarian battleships yeah a hundred percent so we've seen him we've seen his opinions of uh you know art nouveau and the pleasures of the foot it's all frivolity it's mm-hmm. effeminate god mm-hmm. forbid it should be effeminate you know that sort yeah. of masculine macho um, bullshit i took these two pages pages four and five yeah kind of as more evidence and even let's see yeah, just four and five. Mm-hmm. Evidence that he doesn't really want to have sex with her. You think so? Yeah, because they don't look, they don't touch. He never, like, makes any advances. But I say, what I would say is, the sh- is I would point to the shadows again. This time the shadows are his dream, right? His dream is the most honest expression of his inner, his inner life is his inner fantasy. Not that that's how dreams work, but that's, that's how this metaphor is working. Look, when he hears like sexual suggestiveness, right? It immediately goes to a disciplinarian figure whipping. One woman is whipping another. Then Then it immediately changes. He's got to a man. It becomes a man punishing a woman. So it starts as realistic. What he's mm-hmm. actually hearing yeah. is a woman. and a, He hears a woman and a woman. Mm-hmm. Then his brain twists one detail yep. and makes it a woman punishing another woman. Then his brain twists another detail and it becomes a man with a whip holding a woman who's facing away from him. So we're back to his MO mm-hmm. as we've seen his shadow behave before taking a woman from behind. That's kind of what's going on here. The man is in a suit. Well, even in the second panel, we see one facing away from the other. Where? Well, I guess it's panel three. Yeah. So woman mm-hmm. is whipping a woman, but woman number two is, is facing away. Right. Bent so over. there's, yeah. Um, so I think that this is interesting. Um, in panel four, we he he's shifted and and you know the detail that's changes now that the the first figure is a man, and in panel five he's added another figure. Now are we we're still thinking that this is his dream because at this point Wendy is just is dreaming multiplication tables. I don't think she's dreaming. She's okay, so she's awake and she's just running through multiplication mm-hmm. tables to mm-hmm. kind of try and drown out the I think sounds. So. Yeah, that's really interesting that she, she's actively repressing as much as she can. Mm-hmm. She's actively clamping mm-hmm. down, and we're about to see her cut loose in a really interesting way on the next page. Mm. We'll talk about that in just a second. But what do you make of this? Adding that third figure in. Is that just I male fantasies like ooh, two girls or is something else going on here? I wasn't able to decipher this for myself. I'm genuinely it's asking. A, maybe either that or maybe he can't kind of deny the things that are happening in the other room that are influencing his dream. They're reasserting themselves. Maybe. Did you find it interesting at all that one of the um, dialogue boxes in panel four says all messed up? And it's the one where the man is holding the woman and she's turning away from him and he's disciplining. 
interesting like uh like commenting on the perversion of uh what's essentially like kind of like a free-spirited sexual encounter next door into like this weird disciplinarian thing that he's turned it into in his head like that kind of idea maybe maybe and also the dialogue in um panel three is no no wait wait, don't don't so maybe that's what's influencing his shift is he knows that it's a sexual encounter, but no, no, wait, don't would be suggestive of like, like an fearful of punishment. Event. Interesting. So maybe it's not his own perverse desires, but it's his brain's misinterpretation of external signals. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe. Um, at any rate, Wendy gets up. And she's like, I forgot I had to take a bath. I meant to take a bath. All right. The bath scene. All right. I have things to say about those. Oh, my God. So do I. Okay. One. First and foremost. Oh, uh, I always forget to ask. Does this thing have demon horns? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think I have a note about that. I wrote down. Well, first of all, Mm -hmm. one. Does he have a boner in that page? I think I spot a boner. Maybe, yeah. Okay, I think we have a boner under the blanket situation happening here, people. And also, he appears to be fucking the devil. What's the text on that page? Am I wrong? It's very. I think it's ambiguous, and I think it's intentionally I don't ambiguous. I think that it really um, explains much to us. It, okay. Well, the. Uh, Hang on. I have another question about the boner. Go ahead. Do you think he's touching himself under the blankets there? Because it looks like perhaps that there's a line from where his elbow elbow would fall straight to the bulge. Let me take a look at the art. Um, so I know that you have a very, very different reading. I of, think you're right. Yeah. I think he might be touching himself here while is he's Is he doing it intentionally it. or is it I like a conscious thing? Because yeah. when she screams, he wakes up. But yeah, no. Okay. Go ahead with your reading thing. Um, I think we have very, very different readings about this. Um, him page. or, oh, okay. Yeah. About page six. I think you and I have very different interpretations. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want to go with yours? Or do you want me to start with mine? I, ladies first. Okay. I think that she is in the bath, um, trying to distract herself even more from what's happening in the other room because she is attracted to it and she wants it and it's turning around and she doesn't feel good about it. Okay. I think she's really, really repressing it. And I think that she intentionally scalds herself to punish herself. Okay. I I also think think she intentionally scalds herself, but I think for a different reason. Ooh, kinky. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, my evidence, well, hold on really quick. This, this is not the a fucking wallet she has in that panel. No, no, this is not a drawing on the the tile. That's the shadow of the steam. Correct? Is that what that is? I thought it was um, trees, and that's like the we haven't I seen. I thought it was the tiles. We haven't seen the bathroom, but it lines up with the steam, kinda. So what I was wondering, and even mm. if it doesn't. Even if it's it, supposed to look like storm clouds, even if it doesn't, I would argue that the way that it is there, no lightning would it go would, the other way. Well, the way that it is there would function as a shadow. Even if it is an illustration of a tree, it looks like a shadow and mm-hmm. we see shadows again and again mm-hmm. and again. So I said, if that is the shadow of the steam from the bath, okay, go with me on this journey. I need you. 
I want to get your thoughts okay. on it. So, so far, steam shadow. So far, my thesis has been that shadows are the true expression of what we see on the surface. Okay. I also think this looks like lightning. It looks like kind of like veins, kind of yeah. like lightning, kind of it, it's visceral and violent. This, no matter what it is, if it's veins, if it's lightning, whatever this is, if it's roots, I don't think it's roots. It's either veins or lightning. I think it looks ominous somehow. It looks mm-hmm. violent. It looks, uh, 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 God. Uh, disturbing? Disturbing in a sense, yeah. So I said, it. it is like a storm raging just out of sight. And that's what I, I, where I think we actually, our, our theories actually dovetail where in yours, she's trying to, she's trying to repress. She's mm-hmm. trying to repress and she burns herself as a distraction. Like I've got to get this out of my head. Mm-hmm. Ah, I burn myself. So there's a storm raging within her. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she, she burns herself to, to repress that. But I s- noted that She's she's got her her she's flushed she's got her head on her hand. In the actual panel, when she burns herself, for the first time in the entire comic, we see Wendy touch herself in a sexual way, which mirrors the way that Dorothy touches herself. Mm-hmm. And it actually, in issue four, um, we see Lady Fairchild also grab her breast, and it's mm-hmm. always been an indicator of of sexual sexual feelings, sexual mm-hmm. feelings. Um, so the moment she arousal, she never does anywhere else. Mm-hmm. She never touches her breast. She's always shocked and demure. This is the only moment we've seen her grab herself in a sexual way is the moment that she burns herself. So I did write a question mark guilt over lascivious feelings, but. I am wondering if that guilt over her sexuality is manifesting itself via masochism. Interesting. As a kink. Because this is But it. there's absolutely no indication that she is masturbating or anything. No, but I don't think there are well there are people who can like we uh we I think we've talked about not on the podcast, but we're both aware there are people who can get off just by being tied up. No sexual contact mm-hmm. with the genitals mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. A kink can be, a kink or a fetish can be really strongly tied to your sexual pleasure. Now, I have read ahead, so I'm going to use some of that foreknowledge because we've dictated that it's okay that I can kind of not spoil things, but reference So that, is the ah, uh, her burning herself and reacting to the pain, or is she both? having an orgasm? Both. Um, Borderline both. It could even be like, it could even be like, not necessarily orgasm, but like, that this is like right here what we're seeing and and that's interesting because ah could be pain or it could be pleasure her face the shadow and the steam and grabbing herself all of those things could be pain or pleasure and what i'm saying is i think the line in this moment between those two is very blurry Mm. i think this Mm -hmm. is a moment of pain and pleasure okay um why is now, she being, burning her hand though? That's not a very like. Well, it's why do people cut their hands in movies to get blood? Know. Anyway, um, I have a little bit of foreknowledge. She has very good reason to feel guilty about sexual feelings or sex or sexual pleasure. She mm-hmm. has. There is a very strong association for this character with guilt. She is a very guilty character. 
um, not not um, ju- like not passing judgment, saying she's guilty, but she has feelings of guilt about. I, I understand. Sex. I know. I wanted to clarify for the the layperson. I don't know. Whoever's listening and maybe didn't get it. <clears throat> um, so right here, look at look what we do. We see her husband from this point on. What do we see instead of her husband? Shadow. It's his shadow. And what's he saying when he gets up? I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. We'll never get any sleep now. Right, right. And she's like grumpy this whole time. And then when he says that he's going to go yell at them, she's like, I think that she has a face of fear. Like, I don't want him to stop them because I still kind of want to hear it. Okay. I think she's reacting to the fact that she's just heard that both people in the other room had dreams of fantasy worlds revolving around sex when they were younger because she does too and we find out in the we find out in the next, next one, issue yeah. that's what tr- like quote, quote unquote triggers her is one of the uh i think it's dorothy says mm-hmm. like i'm sorry i just no it's it's uh lady fairchild because she's fairchild, was going down on dorothy and she goes i'm okay. sorry i just i went back to like a dream that i had made for myself when i was a child revolving around sex and dorothy goes so did i and you can see like, wendy's Bing. face she's like oh shit so did i and then in that moment the three become bonded but when the husband's getting up he's like i'm gonna give them a piece of my mind i'm going to go into discipline mm. these girls so yeah. i said i think the shadow version of him imagines himself in that strict disciplinarian role mm-hmm. but when he steps out of the shadows and into the light of the hallway he, steps- he can't do it he ain't got no balls correct these issues these are so these are so fucking good I had another thought about the wilting poppy. Uh-huh. Could it also be the abating of desire? It could be. Or the abating of arousal. Well, and the flower does wilt with the coming of the sun. So it's like in in the darkness in the night. Well, actually, we have we see that in the in the the actual smut, not the not Lost mm-hmm. Girls, but the the pornographic comic within the comic, when the lights when they snuff those candles out and get mm-hmm. progressively darker, everything becomes more sexually permissive. So in the darkness, anything is possible. But as the light rises, that that I guess I was wilts. thinking in a more. Uh, I guess both literal and figurative sense mm-hmm. um, relating to the vagina as a flower, like, the decreasing of blood flow and the loss oh, of like once like arousal, fullness. Once yeah. arousal's passed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That could they often refer to vaginas and, as flowers. I don't know. With good reason, but okay. Ding. Interesting. All right. um, do you want to move on to chapter six? Yes, let's. Okay. Chapter six of Lost Girls is titled Queens Together. Um, I have a fun literary note right off the bat. Do you also do you know what I'm about to say? Uh, yes, because I saw you figuring it out and I was like, I'm dumb. <laughs> okay. Um, on page one, when Alice, because we have to remember that Lady Fairchild is actually Alice. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Chapter six, page one. Do you want to go get some water? No, I'm good. Oh, uh, I, I just... want to just start this right off by saying that I don't really have anything for this chapter. I felt like this chapter was sort of a vehicle to get all of the women together. Really? Yeah. I, I okay. Then I will. I will carry this 
portion of the show. Um, basically, uh, Dorothy comes over and she's like, hey, breakfast on the terrace. Hi, how's it going? Let's hang out. And she says, I just wanted to apologize. Last night kind of brought this fantasy mm-hmm. world that I'd built for myself back. And Lady Fairchild's like such a bitch. For Lady Fairchild says, um, precisely my difficulty, events grow cure- more curious by the moment. She starts to say a very famous Alice through the looking glass Curiouser line. and curiouser. Alice corrects herself. She, in the book, um, through the looking glass, she says curiouser and curier, curiouser. And Lewis Carroll's narrator has, I'll read the line from through the looking glass. Um, curiouser and curiouser, cried Alice. She was so much surprised that for the moment she quite forgot how to speak good English. That's directly from Lewis Carroll's book. So now it's interesting because this also, this chapter, I'm going to skip ahead to get to one more literary reference. This, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm going too far. You got ahead, ahead of yourself. I'm going too far ahead. But in a, in a, in a further chapter, in oh, basically in our first you. chapter with Wendy, we get a reference from the text of the book by J.M. Barry, Peter Pan, mm-hmm. um, where "Come away, come away," which is what Peter Pan says to the children in mm-hmm. Peter Pan. That is also uttered by Lady Fairchild. We'll see as the book progresses. I I haven't read any farther than that. But as we read, I'm wondering if she is going to be our our uh, our font of literary. References if she'll well, she is the one who is educated. Yes, she's well educated. The oldest of the three stories as well. So uh, I, I was wondering. I thought that that was really interesting. That we we are basically acknowledging the existence of those stories in this comic. Not necessarily that you know, like these stories exist in the you know in the world of the comic, but Alan Moore is. Not just using He's giving the nod Right he's not mm-hmm. just using the structure Because she corrects herself She doesn't say it If He, he could have made the reference Events grow curiouser and curiouser Right But she's not a child anymore And she's not so swept up by those strong emotions She's able to get control of herself And use proper English Instead of her childish You know She was so much surprised that for the moment She quite forgot that's an even cleverer reference rather than just saying the line and Mm -hmm. oh let's look it's the line from alice right now she's grown old she can't go through the looking glass anymore and she doesn't just get carried away by girlish flights of fancy Mm -hmm. this reference adds emotion he adds an emotional level to that i just love that so much um so i wanted to actually ask your opinion we this is we get a, a recurrence of the theme mm-hmm. of uh, smut. Well, basically, um, uh, Alice is reading. Uh, Lady Fairchild is reading uh, one of the white books from the hotel. She's mm-hmm. reading some pornography, and it's um, the story in the pornography follows two characters who are very clearly Alice and Dorothy kind of helping a very demure, shy, guilty, ashamed third woman female character who's very clearly wendy right um get tarted up if that's a term i'm allowed to use that's what they do i mean look at the look at the image from the end of the comic they're 
lady. I think these are super, super cute costumes. Yeah. And I was like, huh, Halloween costume? Well, they're really <laughs> sexy costumes as well. But I would like to point out, I'm going to point out a couple things, but they're all three queens, queens, mm-hmm. right? And they look like the queens from a deck of playing cards. Mm-hmm. Shall I jump to my discovery, Do which it. I thought was so cool. Come on. Do it was it. pretty cool, right? It was cool. Okay. So... If you, if uh, for those of you playing along at home, if you ch- flip to chapter six, it's I think it's all of these panels. I think you're right. I think it's all of them in this chapter, the small inset panels, and all of them have the, uh, every page has the same format too, mm-hmm. which is basically there is one. It's called a in the comic book industry, it's called a full page spread, which means there is one full page of art with no panel borders. But in this case, it's a full page spread with four inset panels on the outer edge oh my god what i just had a realization about your realization but i don't want to ruin it okay okay so it's it's a full page spread with four inset panels in a in a stack so we get a we get a full page and then we get four little panels um that go down it so let's if we skip ahead together as a group to chapter six page five i love knowing that some people can follow along um if we skip to chapter six page five um not to give it we'll get to it what's happening here but essentially lady fairchild and dorothy go to a pond dorothy's naked they start fooling around around. and they start 69ing Mm -hmm. and um Dorothy asks, is this how, is this it, how women do it? And Lady Fairchild says, sometimes it is a most delectable configuration, which, come on, we all agree. Everybody knows 69 is the best. It's the bomb. Though I fear to outside eyes, we must resemble people on a playing card. Mm -hmm. So I bethought me. (laughs) Alan Moore is so fucking terribly clever and Melinda Gebby is so fucking terribly talented and everything in his comics and and her art is so tightly controlled. I wondered if those panels were the same size as a playing card. And so I went and got a deck of cards and lo and behold, all of those inset panels are the same size as a standard playing card. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. are, they literally in that moment are in the same orientation, head to the left, head to the right, same orientation as two women, two, uh, uh, the queen, the queen yeah. on a playing card. So how fucking cool is that? And I was what wondering you know? about the four panels in uh-huh. set. Why is it four every time? Suits? Four suits. Oh, yep. so yep. this, yep, yep. It's so clear. It's, I know it just makes your brain explode Um, and it's not it's not gimmicky it never comes off as gimmicky like if you and I weren't reading this so closely for this comp for this podcast we probably wouldn't pick up on it but it's definitely operating on you on a subconscious level like even if you're like the first time you read through these kind of quick right Mm-hmm. Reading through them kind of quick, you still recognize that there's stuff going on. You're yeah. like, somehow this is genius. I'm not quite sure why. And then it becomes kind of like a Sherlock Holmes game to dig into it and figure it out. Hmm. What are you thinking? I was just thinking um, that it was interesting <clears throat> that um, the girls at the end are the Queen of Diamonds, the Queen of Hearts, and the Queen of Spades. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they make um, 
what's her face? Um, Lady Fairchild. Why didn't they make her the queen of hearts? Why did they make Wendy the, the queen, queen of, of hearts? hearts? Wendy's the queen of hearts. Wendy's the queen of hearts. Interesting. And also why are the, why did he choose those three? Why did he not choose clubs? Why did he leave clubs out? Uh, Wendy's. Why do we have um, diamonds? No, Alice is the queen of hearts. Yeah. Right. Isn't the Wendy the one with dark hair? Alice is the blonde. So Alice is the queen of hearts. She is the queen of diamonds. These are diamonds. She has hearts in her, in the ruffle of her heart outfit. Heart crotch. I think she's the queen of hearts. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just playing card people in general. Maybe they are all suits because Alice definitely. I think this one is clearly spades. Okay. I'm not sure. I I thought it was pretty obvious anyway that that's who that was. Maybe we should look at a classic deck of cards and see what the queens are wearing. And see if there's any And see if they line up, yeah. You know what I would really like to do, although I feel like it would be cheating as we read our way through this? I would like to read the scripts if I can find them. Mm. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, and look, she has diamond shoes on, she has heart shoes on, and she has spades shoes on. Okay, so you're right. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure why they did that. Because Alice, you'd think that Alice would be the queen of hearts because that's the off-with-your-head character from Alice in Wonderland. Um, I don't know. Um... I was wondering if the Queen of Spades thing had any sig- special significance, given that this book is especially associated with like sex and sexuality. Oh, and their decolletage even makes the shapes of the cards. Oh my God. What's a decolletage? Alan Moore, please kill me. What's decolletage? Well, the decolletage is like the upper chest area, oh, but also their breasts included in this. Yes. You can see the heart right. shape, you can see the diamond shape, and the spade shape as well. Yes. Okay. Ta da. Lo and behold. Well, you and I are going to be going to some very sexy Halloween parties if you are inspired by I wasn't going to wear like the full on like, here's my crutch, but go for it. I I like the colorful costume. Tell me what you want me to dress up as. Um, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. I mean, the, the, the story on the surface seems fairly obvious. Do you think that that's all it is? It's these two more, uh, like sexually permissive characters mm-hmm. sexually awakened characters helping a third clamped down repressed character to Hardcore. come out of her shell yeah okay i, I was so. i was yeah. wondering if there was like something sneaky happening like with the I, the candles stop right there oh i my don't God. think so i feel like this is just we have to get all the characters okay. together um um did you notice that the dress that she's wearing is even sort of like queen on the card esque with a the like the bit. bordering and it's also purple which is the color of color royalty. royalty yep <laughs> there's so much going on it's it's are we gonna just talk about how great melinda gabby's art is again because i we could talk about it every episode and maybe we should just stop no i don't think i think we should call it out where we see it because good art doesn't stop being good art because it's consistently good her breasts are floating like do they do that i guess i wouldn't know yeah okay <laughs> because they're primarily fat and fat floats i know I so know. Be, um i did notice in this panel that her legs are like freakishly long in which panel this, this one yeah this page three 
She's, I think that's consistent though, because when she's being gone down on in chapter one, we see also that her legs are very long because she's got like one wrapped around his back. I mean, and, like freakishly, like unnaturally long. I would like, obviously. Maybe it's like when you look at a straw through the water, like. Dear. Well, look at this one. Look at this image right here. Cause I have a note about this too, mm-hmm. but so we're on uh, chapter six, page three. <laughs> Um, again, Melinda Gabby's figure drawings are beautiful, but Mm -hmm. her, her breasts are floating here. This is what nineties boobs look like in all comic books. (laughs) They stick straight out off your body and gravity has no, they call those, um, torpedo torpedo tits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, torpedo. Yes. Torpedo. Torpedo breasts is more polite, but it's, it's torpedo tits is the phrase. So anyway, gravity holds no sway. They just fly straight out from your body and they're giant. She's a natural redhead. She is a natural or redhead. Or she dyes everything. No, the carpet definitely matches the trips <laughs> is another inappropriate phrase that I'm just going <laughs> to sling out there. But I really appreciated that because we've seen uh, Lady Fairchild's breasts like change depending on how mm, she's laying mm-hmm. down. We've yeah. seen Dorothy's breasts fall to the side, mm-hmm. which is what breasts do when you have slightly larger breasts and you lay on your back. Not that my breasts are big enough to spread oh, to the side yeah. when I lay on my back. Um, but I, I really appreciated that. But also, really quick, look at the distortion of her limbs in that picture. Uh, I talking about panel look three. Pretty... Look at her leg. Look at her right arm. Oh, yeah, they look kind of wavy. It yeah. does not look wavy from this angle. It looks no, normal No, because I think that angle. we are underwater. And when you are underwater, you're seeing things properly. But there's an mm. image from overhead where her her limbs are all like, woo, all wiggly spaghetti noodle mm-hmm. because we're seeing it through like slightly wavy water. Yeah. Um, can we go, go can we jump back for one second? Yeah, what do we jump into? Uh, chapter five, page six. She's got mom tits, doesn't she? She kind of does, yeah. She's kind of got mom boobs. Well, and I think that that's fitting because if you'll remember, she plays, she is the oh, Lost Boy's yep. mother in Peter Good Pan. Job. Um, what did you think of the line, books require titles, reading them doesn't? Oh, yeah. I thought that was really cute. Some part of me. She's uh, like, no, it's just for everybody. Maybe this is a subtle touch, but I think it's an important one. In a in a an issue all about queens, we might we look like people on playing cards. Mm-hmm. She's dressed in the color of royalty. The preoccupying conversation at the beginning of this their little escapade mm-hmm. to the water is, "Oh, I can't read, and you're a lady." And they're talking about Lady Fairchild's ladyship and the fact that she is in a not royalty but of a higher class, mm-hmm. and that it's class and and cast that's being discussed right. um i told you that that fucking creepy military guy was coming back dorothy oh, is the next one well no dorothy says at one point i'm seeing oh, rolf for dinner dinner with him yeah um i'm kind of wondering if he's the big bad wolf i don't know if we're gonna what? i don't know if we're gonna get into that i don't know if because you and i are that's both, totally different though that's like well yeah but we're we're both fans of fables the, the comic book, but also fables. But, oh, yeah. So I'm wondering. We're oh, f- we should read some of those. We should. You know, yeah. you want to do fables after this? Or is that too much like uh, stuff based on <laughs> fairy tales in a oh, row? Oh, boy. Mm. Um, but anyway, like not to get off topic. Um, 
do you uh, we're pretty early in this we're only in chapter six and this is a thick book we're looking at like hundreds of pages ahead of us do you think that alan moore is gonna go fables style and start incorporating other stories in or is he going to stick with these three and mm, operate within I, those three i would guess that he's going to just stick with these three and not make it too cuckoo bananas this looks but. like a lot of story ahead i'm i'm betting that he's gonna he's gonna league of extraordinary gentlemen it I think he's okay. gonna. I think that maybe the hotel owner is somebody. I think maybe Rolf is somebody. Hmm. I think everybody has their story, and in this world, those stories just happen to be the stories that we tell children. Can we? Do you want to talk about that really quick? Hmm. How we're not very far in, but how have you felt about that so far? Framing these stories of sexual awakenings and sexuality, and couching them in in inside stories that are primarily told to extremely young children has that created any sort of dissonance or contrast or anything in your head it has for me and but i think it's been effective um, in a good way well i've been thinking about how each of these women's stories that apparently happen in context in the book like they actually apparently maybe happened or they were fantasies or something um they're all stories about journeys. Yeah. And they're all stories about growth and overcoming things. She picked really good stories because you're you're right, it is a journey. Dorothy goes to Oz. Alice mm-hmm. goes through the looking glass. Wendy goes to Neverland. Right. Very interesting. So the journey from childhood to adulthood, the journey through puberty, this sexual journey that you go on when you learn about your sexuality and and first start to understand it and explore it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very apt and um, I, no, it hasn't caused any dissonance for me. I, I feel that it's a rather appropriate way that um, maybe young girls or childish adults would kind of think back on this awakening and this journey. They might fantasize it a little bit and, um, Flourish it, rose. Uh, not rose-colored glasses is what I'm trying to say, but uh, yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask you about chapter five, and I've been asking you this every week, so I'm going to ask you now for both chapters. Mm-hmm. Did you find this sexy? Oh, um, let me see. Chapter, chapter six so far. Chapter five is no. The, chapter five just made me mad. Yeah, chapter five is it didn't really do anything for me, but. Personally, chapter six, I think so far has been it was pretty sexy, the most yeah. arousing chapter that we've read so um, far. Big part of it's Melinda Gebby's art, but I love the seduction mm-hmm. of yes. Dorothy by Lady Fairchild. When Dorothy, you know, she, um, Dorothy gets out of the pond and Lady Fairchild starts drying her off, and Dorothy mm-hmm. says, "You shouldn't sit so close to me; you'll get wet." And she's yes, like, Lady, "Too late." Yeah, Lady Fairchild's <laughs> essentially like, "No avoiding that at this point, girl." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Melinda, again, we're just, well, I'll say it forever and I'm going to keep saying it when I see it, but the artwork, we actually have some truly sexy artwork here. Some, some, some beautiful artwork. This image right here on page four, chapter six, page four, when they're face to face, look at, look at Lady Fairchild, how she's holding Dorothy's face. Mm-hmm. This is not necessarily a lascivious or like panting And how her moment. eyebrows are kind of furrowed. 
this almost seems to me like like contented affection mm. is that look like mm. like it, here's the sound that you make when you when you're holding someone's face like that you go you're like and you're mm. so glad that they're there this to me is very romantic. Mm-hmm. Then we take a turn as as the foreplay is finished. This right here, by the way, there's that mirror again. Yep. She's uh, Dorothy's touching the pond. And, oh, uh, and if the pond is a mirror, Lady Fearchild doesn't get into it or go through it. But she never appears in it. Actually, oh my God, she doesn't get in the water. Yeah, she doesn't go through the looking glass. But, she's not um, even, and they also cut off her reflection. She's not even reflected in it. Well, she is right here. Yeah, Dude. but that's her leg. Like, you see Dorothy's face. You is she? You see body here. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. All right. So, go ahead. Sorry. But how she can't go through the looking glass anymore. And if the lake is a looking glass, she doesn't go into the lake at all. Mm-hmm. But Dorothy does. This I also noted because I think it's partially because of the playing card metaphor that we have, but also I think it's the reflection mirror thing, but more the playing card metaphor that we have. This issue is loaded with inversions. Mm -hmm. Dorothy uh, face, face down with her ass up and Lady Fairchild playing with it, inverted in the reflection. Wendy upright. Dorothy upside down Dorothy then all the 69 stuff is really obvious flip the page and we have Mm -hmm. Dorothy upside down seeing Wendy upside down this whole issue is loaded with that that inversion Mm -hmm. thing and part of me wonders if that's like the the stranger things upside down which is the or shadow selves shadow Mm -hmm. it could be shadow selves the subconscious mind the underpinnings Mm -hmm. All of these things are possible, and it creates a richness that there are so many options. Um, do you remember when we talked about furtive voyeurism? This is my favorite figure drawing of the entire book so far. We just flipped to the page, so it's chapter six, page six. It's Dorothy crouched behind a bush. That is a gorgeous illustration. What do you think of that? I like it, yeah. Okay. That really struck me. I, I, I took a long time just admiring, especially the colors. Is this, you said gouache earlier. Is this all back to colored pencil? The, the color, the richness, the shading, the, the, the figure drawing. The, it's um, beautiful. I think it's colored pencil and marker or ink. Okay, this that image. I I took a long time. Just not like you know, like I went upstairs to the bathroom and took a long time. I yeah. took a long time just admiring that image. That's so beautiful. Um, there's another kind of sexy moment. Yeah, we're here. Here she is again oh, in um Asian inspired. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Do you think that it? I'm wondering. Do you, do think, you think they spent time in China or Japan? Possibly because we've always going on about battleships, but also this time period would be appropriate for that. Um, oh, what's the word? Colonialism, like the about the time, you know, like uh, like that British, the, the sun shall never set on the British Empire. Right. I think this is around that time, and there was a big fascination during this time. Oh, period. yeah, because we were starting to get um pottery from that part of the world and tea. also the woodblock prints but it was becoming in vogue during from this time. japan yep opium came over around this time 
which we saw earlier. So I'm wondering if this is part of that fascination with the East. The Eastern trade routes are open and England is now being flooded with all of this, all of these goods from, from those countries. Um, did you notice or did you have any comment? I'm, I wanted to ask you about a few things. Mm-hmm. On chapter six, page six, did mm-hmm. you, is that due beating on Alice's labia? Is that what that is? What? No. What is that? It's a wet pussy. That's what I'm saying. Is that, am I wrong? Oh, I meant, do? when I said do, I meant, I meant like, like lady do. Lady <laughs> What's do. What's it called? That would be my guess. Is, okay, yeah, um. Fluids. <laughs> well, when you say fluids, I can't follow it, it up by gross. saying, isn't that sexy? Because oh, I'm like, well, I wonder if she topped him up. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> Stay hydrated, ladies. Yeah, but in, in, it, that was, for me, in a weird way, in a book filled with, like, lesbian sex and sex and sexuality and really interesting explorations It could also it. be spit. It could be. It could be the two things. Yeah, because, uh, you know, um, you know, Dorothy's going down on her, but... That was really, uh, that moment shocked me a little bit, seeing that. We've seen come, but you very rarely see illustrations depicting... Um, Happy vaginas? There isn't a word for it. That's weird. Why isn't there a word for that? Um, there must be a word for that. There's There must, but it's probably lame. Like how there's like <laughs> 29,000 words for penis, but all of the words for a woman's vagina tend to be negatively connoted. Yeah. Anyway, I like Lady Do. That's fun. Lady Do. Yes, okay. you never see that though. <laughs> and to see it, it rendered and rendered like, not like, oh, look what it is, but to render it like, look, this is what it looks like. Isn't right. that fun? It was really really I isn't was, that fun isn't that fun <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, i was kind of like like oh my goodness <laughs> i'm getting the vapors you know <laughs> <laughs> because you've never seen one of those ever no never i've <laughs> you need to drink more water anyway <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'll um, get on that i'll just drink fuck another one of these um I, I think I had a, some sort of point about furtive voyeurism, but I couldn't remember it because Lady Fairchild is enraged, and she's oh, she's fucking pissed. She's not mad that that Wendy's watching. She's mad that Wendy's watching from behind a bush. And like being sneaky about it. Yeah, because once once Wendy's out and she's like, I just wanted to like come and talk to you guys, and it's fine. Lady Fairchild's, yeah, but or like her her anger dissipates mm-hmm. when she realizes like, oh, you just want to basically like be part of our group and talk to us. Mm-hmm. She has. She even says in there that how she that's how she defends herself is with anger and vitriol. Yeah, but she and she I like that she has no shame. Basically, mm-hmm. she basically mm-hmm. tells Dorothy like, put your clothes on, come on out here. This lady wants to yeah, talk to us. Stop skulking in the undergrowth. I love that line. It's right. so funny. But uh, what I loved most about it was the idea that that uh, Lady Fairchild and Dorothy have nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. The person who should be ashamed is Wendy. The way that because she was hiding, because she was hiding, mm-hmm. and the way that this is presented, the way that sex is being treated in this book is there's nothing wrong with sex. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, here we are. We're having we're we're having sex. We're going down on each other. It's great. We're having a great time. You are hiding in the bushes and 
you are observing us covertly and you are doing you are doing wrong we're fine Mm -hmm. we're over here we're having sex you're treating it as something that's wrong as well right and so like she stands up and starts upbraiding her whereas you know you in some some reading of this wendy could come out and be like what are you doing in especially in this time period Mm. we saw this when we watched professor marston and the wonder woman yeah I knew we'd get some reference to it in. <laughs> but like in this time period, Wendy could come on and be like, it's perverse. You guys are freaks. You're perverts. You're but, disgusting. But no, Fairchild goes, you're a pervert. We're having sex. We're fine. We're, right. we're experiencing joy and love. What are you fucking doing, you weird little creepy spy? You should be ashamed of yourself. I love that that's the dynamic. Mm-hmm. That the way yeah. that, that, that that is that. Oh, my God. That that's how that's treated. Curiouser and curiouser. It's curiouser and curiouser. This book, I tell you. Oh. Um, that's all I have for issue uh, for chapter six. Again, I love this book. I absolutely love it. I'm so glad we started with it. It's amazing. Um, and there are, uh, like I said before, we mm. have several listeners who have picked up copies it's not as hard to find as you think most of your local comic book shops are going to have it for listeners who are located in say grand rapids or near ann arbor or who are <laughs> located anywhere near cities comic book a lot of comic book stores have this i bought this from the comic book store in ann arbor um oh. i did look on amazon you can find it on amazon it's not super expensive it's mostly third-party sellers because i do think How it's much? out of print i believe it's around twenty dollars oh or, uh, wow it's, it's either 20 or 30 if you get the hardcover it's a little more expensive i think it's 35 or something like that worth it definitely worth it this is in this is you can think of this as a coffee table book or an art book this book will pay you back every penny you spend <laughs> on it what all of our coffee table books are like kind of things porn. that you would not really put on your coffee table yeah, we got the suicide girls book <laughs> yeah. and this book <laughs> um, we've got some other ones too do we that are kind of inappropriate really we'd have to go take a look i don't know we should get some more inappropriate books though oh boy um but yeah so we have several listeners following along and uh i i keep getting i've gotten emails from the ones who know me really well and i've gotten some messages from ones who don't necessarily know me as well um but the the people who are following along with us are getting a lot out of these podcasts and it's awesome i know it makes me so happy (laughs) it's like it's over Mm. i'm overjoying it I'm overjoying it. I'm really tired. Wow. We need to go to bed. Wow, dude. I'm overjoyed by it. Oh, yeah. It's one in the morning. It's, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, this is... I'm going to have to cut this fucker up. Um, why do you have... Why do you keep having to do that? I don't know. Because mm. they get really long. Um, so, Bird, mm. where can people find you? I am on Instagram pretty exclusively at the .artist.bird. Uh, I'm pretty much also exclusively on Instagram at actual max P. And, uh, if you want to go and find all of the cool artistic projects that I'm doing, you can go to quill and film productions.com. And if you want to go and see all of the literal art projects that bird is doing, you can go to, um, the or you could go check out my Patreon. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, shout out your Patreon real quick. Patreon.com backslash the artist bird. All right, right on. Um, so for Chapman and Robin this week, I'm Max hey, P. Um, <laughs> we should stop. Okay. We should probably include um, that it would really help us out if people went and oh, reviewed us. Movie. Yeah, reviewed us on, on iTunes and um, left comments and that sort of thing. Rate and review. Absolutely. Um, 
the way that iTunes metric works is the more reviews and high ratings, like five-star ratings, um, the more reviews and ratings that you have, the more eyes your podcast get, or the more ears your podcast reaches, the more eyes yeah, your podcast gets yeah. in front of. <laughs> um, so that's how you get featured. That's how you get linked to other podcasts that cover similar topics. So the, if you really like our show or you like us as people and want to help us out, the best thing, the biggest thing you can do for us is to subscribe mm -hmm. because we want to get yes. those numbers up um, and to rate and review the show. And also you can always go to um, Max's website where this is hosted from mm -hmm. uh, com. Is it backslash Chapman and Robin? Uh, I'm not actually sure no, what the, what the official tag is. There's there. a link right at the top um, for Chapman and Robin. But you can always go there and you can comment directly on episodes and like let us know things that you really like or things that you don't like or things that you would be interested in because right. I think that would be great too to know Start what you guys are interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So quillinfilmproductions.com and you can comment on the episode, comment on the episodes that you're interested in. Cause I get email notifications when people comment uh -huh. on episodes and also I'm going to try and be better about getting on there and seeing if people are posting or what people are posting. Um, so are we good? Do we have anything Yeah, else? I think we're good now. Well, in that case for Chapman and Robin, I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird, Holy Podcast Chatman. Mm -hmm.